Welcome to the Digital Transformationists podcast, where we get curious together about what technology is teaching us about human ingenuity, resilience, and the mysterious force that magnetizes us towards connection with one another. I'm Katie Thomas, and together with our host, Christian Lane, founding partner of Percipio Consulting, our co-host, G-Love, Grammy-nominated artist, and our incredible guests, we embark on a journey to better understand technology's role in amplifying the connection between us all. We'll hear from technologists, practitioners, revolutionaries, innovators, environmentalists, artists, and more, all sharing their experiences with technology and how it shaped their lives and industries. In this episode, we continue with our team series and spotlight one of our favorite people, Amanda Babb, a true Percipio Consulting legend. A self-proclaimed agile evangelist with a solid 15-plus year track record in helping enterprise organizations translate their goals into strategic vision, Amanda has worked closely with Atlassian to build Percipio Consulting's Jira Align practice and made digital transformation possible for our clients across different industries. We chat with Amanda about how to apply Agile for tasks outside of work, the intersection of remote work and digital transformation, and her favorite internal Slack channels. With her adorable dog friends, Leonard and Howard, catch a glimpse of our resident Agile rock star cooking delicious dishes or working on her glorious El Camino she rebuilt from scratch. Today's episode is brought to you by the migration experts at AppFire, makers of Configuration Maker for Jira and 150 plus other helpful Atlassian apps. AppFire wrote the ultimate guide to Jira migrations, packed with checklists, worksheets, and expert level guidance to help organizations move from Jira server to data center or cloud with confidence. Learn more and download your free copy at appfire.com migration. All right. Well, uh, welcome back, friends. Thanks for joining again to another Digital Transformations podcast. Today, we've got the one and only, the very famous in, in South Korea, Amanda <laughs> Babb, our principal uh, consultant and an overall badass. Hey, Amanda, thanks for joining today. Thanks, Christian. Pleasure to be here. It's uh, my first ever podcast that I've recorded. So uh, I, I, I hope that I'm, I'm going to do this right. Hopefully I'm going to do this You'll right. You'll do just fine. Just, <laughs> just be you. You do uh, you. Uh, so Amanda, just give us a little background on you. Tell us about yourself. Oh, good Lord. Um, so I've been with Percipio Consulting since the ripe old age of 2013. Uh, so that means I've been with the company eight years. Uh, I think we looked back at one point in time and figured out I was employee number nine. Uh, so, Ooh. you know, yeah, been, been around all y'all for, for a long time now. It's been great. Um, been working in the Alassian tools that entire time. It's also pro uh, provided me the opportunity to become a certified scrum master, a safe program consultant, really kind of embrace, um, agile, not just only as, um, a way of doing work, but also a mindset and a way of, of approaching life, you know, congratulations, never known exactly what might change from day to day, but Having a way to deal with that has been really awesome. And then of course, you know, just working with the Atlassian products has been an amazing transformation for them as a company. I mean, I think when I first started, Atlassian had like 250 people and watching mm -hmm. them grow over the years and then, you know, going IPO and now being a publicly traded company. I mean, a lot's, lots change on that side too. So it's been, it's been a wild ride and I'm looking forward to many more years. 
Yeah, no, all, all sorts of tailwinds behind us in Atlassian, and I can't imagine a better place to be. And grateful to you for all these years we've been working together alongside one another. It's amazing. Uh, you, your experience prior uh, was in, in management consulting. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had a lot of experience. You came to us with, with consulting, and as you said, got in Atlassian with us. And this world of, of the consulting work that we do and the technology work that we do is largely helping companies through some form of digital transformation. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does the digital, digital transformation mean to you? You know, I've been thinking a lot about this um, over the past, of course, 18 months as we've navigated the pandemic. Um, the digital part of it is relatively easy to define because we're talking about um, facilitating work in remote work environments, in virtual environments, in ways of collaborating that we used to just sit down in a conference room and have a meeting about. Um, and now we're doing those kinds of things, you know, well, all of the Zoom fatigue. <laughs> you know? mm. But we're doing those via meetings, via uh, online collaboration and things like that. The transformation side of things, though, becomes a lot more exciting to me, a lot more complicated, a lot more complex because, uh, again, the pandemic sort of greatly accelerated the way that we needed to start to interact with each other as people. And what a lot of folks forget about, um, about this whole digital transformation thing is it's not about tools. It's also about organizational change. It's about the ways that people interact with each other now that are different, uh, but sometimes better, um, sometimes not better, and really understanding what it's going to take to transform a culture, an organization, a company to be more competitive or more eco-friendly or just, you know, better corporate citizens or, you know, even better employers. So that's been Mm -hmm. really interesting to watch over the last 18 months. So in the so you've gotten to work with just amazing clients. We have amazing clients. We have clients, uh, you know, in, in the top 100, top 500, uh, a lot of industry leaders. What are some of the kinds of challenges that you've seen that they're going through that we've been able to help with, with the process with frameworks that we do uh, as, in addition to the technology and some of that transformative work? Yeah. The normalization of language. Um, Mm -hmm. that's been a really big thing. So working with, um, a single team is one thing, but then starting to work with teams of teams or teams of teams of teams across the organization. One of the things that we said very, very early on in, in our life cycle as Percipio Consulting is that, um, every team is a software team, finance, legal, HR, um, course, your development teams, those kinds of folks. Uh, so really seeing these these industries that are more traditionally not mm-hmm. technology based actually becoming innovators and leaders in the industry um, right. or in their specific industry because they're starting to embrace technology and ways of normalizing their language and streamlining their processes and thinking about how interconnected one of them each of them are in their predefined silos now they're breaking down those walls and really understanding like we are a you know sorry star trek term collective uh that's <laughs> actually fulfilling a mission together and if it's a lot easier for us to get everything done that we want to get done as well as accomplish our mission vision and values 
if we're actually using the same language, working together, breaking down those silos, and really working as a company as opposed to these distinct organizations within it. So. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, it's one thing to have common language amongst a software dev team or two, but like you're describing it, teams of teams at some like massive scale. Mm-hmm. That, is a, that is a big exercise to start mm-hmm. to get the same language across all those organizations and subunits and, and whatnot. Um, when you have conversations with some of these uh, business leaders or uh, you know, software team leaders, uh, I imagine, and I know, actually, I know by and large, they all know they need to go through these exercises, <laughs> um, but there's always challenges in understanding like how to get there, why, mm-hmm. what, what kind of help do you bring them in, in, in kind of navigating that, um, just the, the, the challenges mentally of different opinions and thoughts towards something like this? Yeah. So, uh, you know, way back in the day, I used to say, you know, hey, I'm a consultant. I'm here to help relatively cheekily. Right. Because there's this sort of out there in the universe, there's this stigma of consultants that, you know, the Bob's from office space. I mean, there's just like insert movie (laughs) trope here about consultants. Right. Um, But it's one of those it's it's again, we're we're talking about humans. So we're talking about humans. the emotional quotients, the, uh, the empathy, the, I really actually am here to help, um, and understanding really what is that driving factor that makes the change necessary because the person that I'm talking to, you know, via, via zoom meeting or a team's meeting, or, you know, hopefully it's some, some day in person again, that would be great. Um, ultimately it, they're still human. They still have family responsibilities. They still have financial responsibilities. They still have stressors that, that could be happening. Uh, they may have pets that they're trying to get taken care of. I mean, there's all, all of these <laughs> things. So it's like, hey, let's actually just like talk as people. Let's, let's have a conversation about really what it is you're trying to accomplish and how mm-hmm. wonderful it could be or how frustrating it is today and how much you'd like that frustration to go away. Or, mm-hmm. hey, maybe there's a better or different way of approaching this problem that's similar, but maybe more effective and may actually be more collaborative. So like, hey, let's bring your peers in. Let's bring your bosses in. Let's bring your subordinates in. Let's really actually talk about it and approach it as I'm really actually here to help (laughs) rather than, all right, I'm just going to come in and, you know, throw an analysis at you and be like, hey, yeah, sounds like you need to make some change. Because by the time they're reaching out to us, They've already realized that they need help. They need support. Someone's got to change, yeah. Yeah, they need that change to happen, but they just might not be able to do it themselves. So yeah. let's go ahead and get that kick started. Well, you know, uh, along the lines of change, we've we've had the, I guess the, so many opportunities to work in organizations where. Up until five, six, seven years ago, they were very reluctant to change. They were dominating their industry. They perhaps hadn't yet really um, recognized or in that process of recognizing that change was necessary to be competitive. You know, we worked with some very old school, cons- uh, um, very old school insurance companies in the Midwest mm-hmm. and helped transform them and, and bring a lot of people along. And mm-hmm. uh, it's amazing to see how many companies now just are, are unrecognizable. 
mm -hmm. compared to you know where, where we found them you know six eight nine years ago uh, so some folks are drawn to technology some folks recognize that they have to change and, and, and come with it um, more to you what what's what drew you to technology because when we met you back in I think it was winter of 13 or spring of 13 one thing that that was just like so attractive about you to us was like you know you know how to rebuild a car you know, you know like you know like the wheel is the oldest of the oldest technology uh yet cars are obviously you know massive technology collections of systems yeah. what, what what draws you to technology what drew you to technology so uh, ironically enough, uh, when I was in college, I interned for the Canadian Embassy, and I was literally sitting in front of a computer working with uh, HTML 2.0. I was hard coding web pages, playing with you know all of the old things like home site and like the macro media products and things like that. And I will tell you, I hated every second of it. <laughs> it was absolutely terrible. And um, I had this this thing and it was because I was like, okay, I'm doing this stuff. I'm putting these things in place, but it was the the people side of things that I didn't get. Like we didn't have fancy like user experience or user interface kind of thoughts. I mean, again, we're just sort of these couple of people putting something together, right? Um, so I swore off technology. I said the technology was going to be the devil. <laughs> that I would never work in technology. So lo and behold, many years later, <laughs> I guess you could say I saw the light. Um, but it was it was right around the time when I started to see the the turning point of how technology could actually again facilitate work processes that folks were doing. It was how technology was assisting me um, in my career as a vehicle repair manager the ways that it made it easier for me to go ahead and, and better assess things like damage or maintain the fleet or even communicate with, with my mm -hmm. branches and things. And then when I was a management consultant, um, you know, I don't glow, but I did spend a lot of time at nuclear power plants, specifically working with radiation protection and nuclear chemistry. So got that feather in my cap. Um, but again, it was like, how, how can we use technology to facilitate ways that people are doing work that they've quote always done it that way and so that started to become more fascinating and then lo and behold i found out about this um you know this technology company called atlassian that a friend of mine actually still works for um he said hey you know there's yeah, even matt this... introduced us yeah, yeah mr mr matt shank yes i have to give him a shout out um and then he was like hey there's this great solutions partner that actually works with the technology to facilitate processes and business processes and the ways that people are actually doing work and collaborating and working together. And at that point I was like, well, I, that sounds like a perfect fit to me because again, mm -hmm. we're talking about the way that people interact with things day to day and their experiences with it. And then the teams that are behind it, to help understand how those people are interacting with it and then the teams that are building it and then the teams that are marketing it and the teams that are selling it. Um, like all of that just kind of came together um, for me. Hmm. But I was a, a complete just, you know, please please don't put me in front of a terminal and make me code. Um, <laughs> but now I have more respect for those folks that I could ever possibly explain on any sort of podcast sure. or recorded media. So 
Mad props to all my devs up, out there. Mad love. <laughs> so you've alluded to uh, the phrase and term ways of working. Uh, we've got the capabilities with the tools that we have to uh, bring a lot of flexibility and speed to change. Um, how, how fast are companies and teams moving through uh, iterations or versions of, of their ways of working? Like what, is the, how, how, what is the pace these days? Oof. How fast are we moving? Sometimes too fast, I'll be completely honest. Um, there, there is a little bit of change fatigue out in the companies that we are working with because it, mm. it almost seems like every, every two weeks there's something new or some new mm -hmm. initiative or some new kind of big thing that they're, that they're supposed to focus on. Um, so generally what I do is, is, you know, kind of, it's okay. Just take a step back, take a deep breath. And I know I say this to our clients all of the time and it's really hard for them to believe. So it's probably going to be really hard for our podcast listeners to believe too, but there's only one number one meaning there's only mm. one number one thing mm. that the organization should be focused on and what you're doing, how that fulfills that one number one is critically important for just, you know, the health of the company, but also leads to greater job satisfaction, leads to folks actually understanding what they're doing and how that does fulfill whatever that one number one is. And if you mm. can't identify that one number one, then what you're doing is essentially a bunch of noise. So you are moving too quickly because you've got all of this, this other stuff that's coming at you on a regular basis. So mm -hmm. take a deep breath, take a step back, take a look at what it is that you do as an organization and focus on the one number one. Um, mm -hmm. I do actually have an anecdote about that because one of the organizations that I helped um, you know, apply, apply tooling to a scaled agile transformation. Is um, this the uh, food retailer? Yes. This is our food retailer. Okay. Right. So, um, what That's was really number cool. Number two food retailer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. 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 Love them to death. Um, what was really cool is that they were such on the cutting edge of things like, uh, being able to pick up your groceries as opposed to going and shopping right. for yourself, being able to have somebody deliver them to your door as opposed to you picking it up yourself. Uh, things like digital coupons and all of this. They were cutting mm -hmm. edge of that. And they were so focused on going so fast that kind of at one point in time, somebody forgot, hey, by the way, we sell groceries. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, although the, they were they were innovating and they were doing such great things for, for us as, as consumers of groceries, I mean, gosh, we got to eat. Um, they kind of lost that, hey, we sell groceries, so the people that are going into the stores should also have access to these kinds of things as well. Um, so it was a really cool realization to watch them make. And then ultimately, their strategic themes that they were trying to um, to go after started to shift to a better blending of technology and we sell food. We sell things that people right. eat. <laughs> so it was right. really cool. So so to that end, right, tell us, this might be like a, a multi kind of multi uh, question question here, but tell us how uh, the frameworks that we work with and work with Agile, Safe, and some of the tools like Jira Line or, or the other Atlassian products, how do they help get that alignment, so to speak? Mm -hmm. um, what's the value of them? Like just 
give give us some 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 rundown there. Yeah. Um, from a framework perspective, let me just start there. Uh, from a framework perspective, again, it's the normalization of language. Um, it's also the ceremonies. It's the, you know, if you're talking about Scrum, every day you have a stand up. You are talking about the work that's in front of you. You're talking about the work that you need help with. You're talking about those kinds of things. Um, it's the, all right, let's all come together to do a planning session so that we understand what it's actually going to take for us to fulfill whatever these requirements are and things like that. Um, you know, and talking about Kanban, it's, hey, let's actually think about the classes of service. What are things that are actually super important? What's our one number one that we got to focus on for this calendar week to get that off of our plate while we're managing this constantly prioritized backlog? And so, again, we've got this language and we've got a system that we understand. And then when you're talking about things like scaled agile frameworks for the enterprise, then you're talking about, again, not just an individual team gelling, but overall as a team, here are ceremonies, here are guidelines, here's the framework that we're gonna work in, here's the language that we're gonna speak, here's what we're gonna call things, here are definitions of stuff, so that as a larger part of the organization, we're starting to really understand each other when we're talking to one another, because that's, again, that's the most important thing. Um, I even mentioned that shameless plug in a previous webinar, get the language normalized across the organization. You'd be, you'd be surprised about how much easier yep. it is to just sit down in a meeting and have a conversation about something that's in front of you. Mm-hmm. What I love about the Atlassian products, you know, is that when Jira software way back in the day was Greenhopper, is that mm-hmm. that recognition of this is the way that the tooling is supposed to support this. Congratulations. Here's how you prioritize your backlog. Here's how you rank things. Here's how you estimate. Here's how you come together to plan your sprint. Here's how you do your retrospective in Confluence. Here's all of your reporting that you can go back and, and do those kinds of things with. Like way back in the day, that was all we'd already thought of. Whereas mm-hmm. a lot of um, other competitors are, are a little bit later to that game or are like more focused on product ownership or product management or those kinds of things. Mm. What I really like about Align is that in Jira Align, and we'll all say Align about 80 million times as soon as we've said the product because it's, there's no better word for it, um, is that again, we've got the actual frameworks, the ceremonies, the program increment planning, the... Uh, burn-ups, the burn-downs, the, the way to manage our sprints within that, our dependencies, you know, the mission, vision, and values in something like our strategy room. It's normalizing that language, that taxonomy. It's giving everybody a central place to have the conversation about why we're doing what we're doing and facilitates those frameworks and the way that we're doing the work. Um, mm-hmm. So without that, then again, you end up in these sort of disparate silos or team A does it this way and team B does it this way. But what we're, what we're doing is we're saying, okay, the frameworks are still flexible, but with some level of standardization and normalization, then you can actually work better together because again, that same language is there and the frameworks are supported by the tooling. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. And I think, a lot of folks will say, well, Agile is pretty well saturated, at least in the software space. 
you know, which is why we're moving more towards scaled agile, which is actually how to get many agile teams to all work in a way that ensures we're all going in the same direction. How, maybe a little more specific to the tool itself, how does the tool help us align um, you know, vision and strategy to actual action and, and the steps that we're taking? I feel like a little bit of a old school Pee Wee's Playhouse. It's like every time you say a line that, you know, it's the secret one, ah. we're all supposed to scream, ah. Uh, yeah, so from a how the tool works perspective is again, you sit down and in, in your strategy room, you literally define your mission, vision, and values. And that's where you should start is to say, okay, okay. what is our mission? What is the vision? What are the values that are going to support that mission and vision? Then you actually can start to think about things like, okay, long-term. And when we say long-term, somebody will say, oh yeah, our long-term goal is to be the number one biotech for mm-hmm. X type of you know vaccine manufacturing or antigen testing or something like that. That mm-hmm. is a big, lofty, long-term thing. Great. Yeah. We're agile, right? That's a big elephant to eat. So how are we going to break that into maybe an annual goal? All right. So in this year, we need to do whatever that is. Is that, you know, advance the research? Is that, you know, determine, you know, what to stop doing? Things that don't fulfill that. Let's break those down into sort of these guiding themes of stuff that we need to go after this year. Great. Now let's think about, okay, in the next six months, what does that need to look like? What do our short-term goals need to look like? Then maybe, okay, what needs to happen in the next quarter? And then we say, okay, and this is the really hard part for more traditional organizations that are making the switch to Align, to Mm Jira Align specifically, is then you let go. Because at that point, you're trusting your teams. You trust that your teams and your teams of teams understand the mission, the vision, the values, the long-term goals, the yearly goals, maybe the quarterly goals. And then you say, go do. We've hired you. You are smart and capable and wonderful people. We've hired you to do a job. You understand where we're going. Now go execute. And when you actually see that happen in the tool, Oh my gosh, that is so cool. It is like <laughs> like rainbows and sunshine and like unicorns and like Pegasus are flying and everybody gets an ice cream cone and a puppy. I mean, it is the most amazing thing when you actually see it happen. It takes a lot of work to get there. Not gonna lie. But when you see it happen, it's like, yeah, it's super cool. So cool. Right on. Um, let's see, um, maybe kind of, Talking about Atlassian a little bit here, uh, we've obviously built a lot of experience working with Atlassian. Uh, we partnered with them back in 08. We've been doing Atlassian-related kind of work and projects since 2007. Uh, you know, what turned us on to them was that um, as a process consulting company, we can manage about anything with the life cycle. So there's the tech side of why we love Atlassian, but tell us like, you know, stuff or share with us more along the lines of like our shared values with them and, and what makes us, you know, great partners at Atlassian. Yeah. Um, so one of the ones that I always loved specifically from Atlassian, so, you know, their corporate values and everything was play as a team. I've always liked that. Um, you know, Christian, you and I share a little bit of that background and that I grew up playing competitive soccer. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, after blowing out a knee, I had to abandon my my soccer career. So glad to see that yours is still is still going. I think if I tried to run right now, I'd probably fall over. Uh, but you know that whole team sports concept, like we play as a team together. That means we win together. That means we lose together. Um, and you know if if we're treating each other with respect and we understand each other's unique skills and what we can actually bring together as a team, then when we play, we have fun and great things can happen, which means that we hit more wins than we do losses. I mean, what our lifetime MPS is a 72 with our clients. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Um, Mm. And that's something that, you know, as we're delivering to to our clients as well, it's like our client is our teammate. Like right. we're not us against the client. Like you're part of our team and we try yeah, and express that team. as, yeah. And we try and express that as well. Like it's not just literally the people that are working directly with you that's helping you deliver or that's delivering the solution with you. It's the rest of the company is the team behind as, as well to help mm-hmm. support. So it's not just the two or three or six or 10 folks that you're working with directly. It's the entire company of Precipio Consulting that is playing as a team with you as a client. And I've always loved that kind of um, value from Atlassian and then how we've brought it into our own ways of, of working with the products. So. I love it. Uh, very cool. So let's see what comes next. Uh, where do you see the digital transformation changing the world we live in? Wow, that's kind of a loaded one, right? Um, because, you know, I, I do refer to them as my wiretaps. Uh, I do actually have a smart home. Um, so I have things in in my home that had used, you know, as a result of digital transformation and the, and the proliferation of tech and things like that in order to make my life easier. Um, I don't like vacuuming after my dogs every day. So I've got a little robot vacuum that runs around and vacuums my house. Uh, you know what I want, want to turn off and on my lights, my ceiling fans. Congratulations. I'm doing that via technology. Um, but what I also see with the digital transformation is, is again, it's not just about the tech. It's the, the change in the way that if done right, folks can actually come together faster um, gel into a better team in order to tackle some of the, the largest issues that we have um, in the world today. Just, you know, whether it's socioeconomic, whether it's social justice, whether it's ecological, um, the, the fact that digital transformation has been able to, I was bringing it back to people, bring and mobilize larger groups of people together to affect change whether it's something as simple as a product or something as big as sharing data and seeing the, the image of a black hole for the first time, hmm. um, especially yeah. as we're remote, like that kind of stuff is, is where I see digital transformation going is again, not dividing us, but actually bringing us together. That's awesome. It reminds me of, of Lisa Atkins and a podcast we have with her and, and getting to talk with her and, and, you know, having a relationship, uh, and as a result of her being a guest on the podcast, where she want her her goal and kind of mission now in life is is to use agile for good. Mm. So mm-hmm. it's a framework, it's a way of thinking, it's a way of working. But how do we take these technologies and frameworks uh, to continue, you know, the the, the forward path progress mm-hmm. of helping people and helping ourselves? And you know, we think back to 
the times when the weather systems weren't all that digitized in terms of understanding, <clears throat> you know, hurricanes and tornadoes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all that is a data, all those are data points that help us understand what's happening. So we get a head start and you get a jump on hurricanes like the, you know, the horrible for the folks down in, in, in New Orleans and with Hurricane Ida. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny, I, Rob and I drove to Tennessee from Texas and we took a kind of a nor- more northern route to avoid traffic and uh, and storms. But it was amazing to see that we were already seeing a lot of trucks, utility trucks from different uh, utility companies mm-hmm. already making their way and posting up positioning to help with the recovery effort. Mm-hmm. Whereas three, four years ago, uh, in your own, that was not as well planned and well thought through. So I think of all the technology that goes behind all that logistics work with the science and the understanding of like the weather systems that are coming because we have all these satellites, these models to understand like where the storm's coming that we're getting better at it, it seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the, the things that um, I'm always very, I, I consider myself very lucky to live in, in the small part of Texas that I do live in and my local neighborhood Facebook page, even though sometimes it's great for, you know, popcorn and a beer and just to watch all the drama, Someone. you know, as soon as there's, <laughs> yeah, you know, cause Hey, it's, it is Facebook. Uh, one of the, one of the great things is, is that even before Ida made landfall, there were several, uh, local businesses as well as, um, several church groups in addition to just individual citizens in the neighborhood that were coordinating uh, supply drives and hey this is where you can drop them off in my garage you know these are the things that we're that we know that they're going to need um and so like again that digital transformation we wouldn't have been able to do that even 10 years ago to be able to our ability to mobilize yeah mm -hmm, to get people to come together to be able to help other people um and then even just you know hey if you know somebody that is impacted and evacuated and their, you know, their hotel room isn't paid for, or they don't have a place to stay, or they just need a hot meal, you know, come here, like have them come to my house or come to this local restaurant or business or those kinds of things. And so that's why I'm like, digital transformation can be used as a force for good Mm -hmm. if we continue to think about it that way. And that sometimes can be really hard these days. So please, I guess to all of our podcast (laughs) listeners, think of digital transformation as a good thing because it can do great things if we approach it to have it do great things. (laughs) Well, I mean, can you imagine uh, living in the 1920s pandemic versus the 2020s pandemic? We're so lucky to have technology that's uh, a lot of a lot lot of us, you know, luckily to to work and keep on going on like, you know, know, Mm A lot of folks don't have that benefit and luxury, but a much bigger population does uh, mm-hmm. than otherwise would have. Yeah. Well, cool. Let's uh, let's advance to the speed round. Ooh. Uh, yeah. So uh, Garrett, G Love, and I typically take turns on this. Unfortunately, he couldn't be on this one. Sorry, Amanda. No, it's okay. Um, I, he's allowed to go on right. tour and and be be back in his. Um, get back his, to his, yeah. Yeah, but get back to his routine, and I love the fact that he was he made so much time for us. Um, and I look forward to seeing him soon. So, indeed, indeed. All right, speed round. Favorite car? My nineteen sixty eight El Camino. Come on, give me a, give me a harder one. Of course. Well, this one's not much harder. Favorite software? Confluence. All right, the Connie. Uh, favorite gadget? 
Ooh. Uh, I'm just going to say my entire collection of DeWalt uh, 20-pole XR power tools. Because I can't <laughs> pick just one of them that I that I like. I like all of them. <laughs> well, you're quite the DIY gal. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. For those listening, uh, Amanda has done so much remodeling and work all on her own. It's amazing. I love it. Um, let's see here. Best restaurant in Texas? Any restaurant where I get to have an opportunity to have a meal with you, Christian. Well, let's listen. Okay, <laughs> thank you. That's sweet. We are, we're overdue for one of those. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, actually, so um, restaurant-wise, I mean, it's it's really hard to choose just because I am an absolute foodie. Um, so really, honestly, it's wherever I am actually sitting down and having a meal. Um, <laughs> and I know that's still sort of chintzy and all that, but seriously, I just, I, I can't stop eating. It's so good. So anyway. It's so good. That's cool. Uh, best summit experience. <sighs> so definitely the hashtag big in Korea. Um, <laughs> when I found out that uh, apparently I was I was at least semi-famous in the Atlassian world out of the, the South Korean Atlassian office. Um, still to this day, just I, I giggle every time I tell the story, every time I, I, I hear somebody say it. Um, in addition to the fact that I'm, I'm still actually quasi-connected with some of those folks and and yeah. And then afterwards, like even the same morning, you know, after Bash, which is always an interesting time to be in the booth, uh, there were even a half a dozen more people that came up and said, hey, your webinars, you know, your, your learnings, the things that you're teaching us are really cool. So like, it's not just the hashtag begging for a moment. It's also the, <laughs> the subsequent additional sort of ego stroking that I got <laughs> during that summer. Yeah. So. It was, it was so awesome. Yeah. Uh, favorite bar uh, venue? So I've got two for this one. Uh, first of all, shout out to my local brewery just down the street, Fulbrook Ale Works. Um, love them to death. They're, they're kind of like my family or my second family because y'all are really my family. Um, <laughs> my second one is the Growler Spot in Fulcher. Absolutely awesome. Um, they've got like 40 taps on the wall. So it's always a great time to go in there and they get all kinds of really cool uh, things that you can't get necessarily in Austin or even easily in Houston. So, and they also have really good food and people there are pretty amazing as well. So a lot of lifetime friendships out of both of those places. So. Sweet, sweet. And uh, favorite scotch? Oh, so. Is it a Glen something? <laughs> well, you know, uh, I'm, an, I'm an Isla drinker, which is, is not... Um, it's not for everybody because it's super smoky, super heavy, heavily peated. Um, I like my scotch to, to hit me in the face with a campfire and then throw pepper and dirt over the top of my head whenever I'm drinking it. <laughs> um, more easily obtainable, it's a Lagavulin 16. Um, that, is, that is definitely a go-to for me. Uh, but if I could ever get my hands on a bottle of it again, I had the opportunity to drink some Ardbeg Perpetuum at a little scotch bar that's actually the best number one scotch bar in the entire world, consistently voted by different traveling magazines and everything in, of all places, Fredericton, New Brunswick, Canada. Um, I was oh. lucky enough to go up there on a client effort and sat down at the scotch bar and they handed me the three ring binder and Ardbeg Perpetuum was in there and I 
didn't know if I was ever going to have an opportunity to have that again. So thanks for paying for that. I'll oh, wow. That. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to look that up. Well, so. awesome. That's all the time we have. That's all, that's all the time we have. Uh, Amanda, thank you so much. Always good to see you and, and, uh, and hang a little bit. Look forward to seeing you in the flesh at some point sooner or later. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's always a great time to, to chat with you. And um, again, thanks for the opportunity to, to be on the podcast. I love talking about digital transformations. And um, remember, it's always about the people, not just the technology. <laughs> Indeed. Agreed. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Digital Transformationists podcast brought to you by Precipio Consulting. Precipio Consulting provides flexible, scalable, expert-level IT and business solutions to enhance productivity and decrease cost. Check out our other episodes, access show notes and links, and listen to some great bonus content on our website at precipio.com. Like what you heard? Subscribe, rate, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And tell a friend. We love making new friends. I'm executive producer Katie Thomas. Victor Vargas is our lead engineer. Alejandro Caballero is our editor. Stephanie Harrison is our writer. If you want to find out how we can help your organization's digital transformation, or if you just want to find out more about digital transformation, send us an email at contact at Thanks for tuning in.